Welcome back, everyone, to one of my very favorite episodes, the first episode I have ever done like this on Teacher Let Your Light Shine. To all of my mamas out there who are listening, all of my teachers who are listening, all of the parents who are interested in creating an alternative education for their child, for other children who are interested in utilizing their gifts to create micro schools, I am here for you and I am going to be sharing exactly what it looks like every month from here on out for the rest of 2022. And I pray that this episode blesses you. At the end of every month, you're going to see a monthly recap on our micro school. I'm going to be sharing with you the real ins and outs day in the life of running a micro school. If you are new around here, I am a former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool mom to business builder, helping teachers and parents create their own micro school which can also be known as several different terms floating out in the world right now. Learning pod, tutoring company, however you form your micro school is going to maybe look and feel a little bit different, but that's what's so unique about being able to build a business that is customizable to families, to students, to teachers, and to other people all across the map every month. The last Friday of the month, I'm going to be coming to you and I am going to be sharing with you the real. You need the real. I need the real in the world that's just so fabricated. And I chose to change my life three years ago when I left public education and I wanted to spend more time with my children and I wanted their learning to look different. I wanted my teaching experience to look different, but I never knew God would have me doing what I'm doing now. And so every month, I want to come to you. I want to give you the reflections that I have every single month. This is a practice that I make in my business and my personal life. And what's in it for you is that you realize that when you take on creating your own business as a teacher, as a mom, you want to create a micro school, you want to transform education in your own unique way. You want to provide services to families who are either virtual schooling or homeschooling. You want to create your school out of your home in a separate location, out of your barn, in your backyard, out of a pod building, you can do this. And it's not a career. It ends up becoming more than that. It becomes a lifestyle. So I will be giving you all of the house, but you need to see the change of life that you can get from this. See if this is the life that you want and how you can make it fit for you. My experience is not going to be the same for you, but this gives you a vision. And this will help impact your career your personal life, your family life, and your overall well-being. This is not an episode that's all about me. I want to be able to give you feedback. I want to be able to collaborate with you. I want you to be able to listen to these episodes and think, wow, you know what? I have an idea for her to make it even better. Or maybe you're struggling with capturing a vision for what you want your new teaching business to look like. We all are after a feeling, the quality of life. Yes, we want financial increase. Yes, we want to be able to have flexibility and freedom, but the reason why we want that is because we're after a feeling, and it is that quality of life. A new career can only go so far as long as it is aligned with your values and what you really want to leave as a legacy for your life. I am excited. You'll definitely want to get out a notebook so you can write down some ideas. I'm going to be sharing what the day looks like in the life of our school for the month of January. I'm gonna be sharing how this impacted my personal life. And I'm also gonna be sharing with you 
new ideas and new strategies that I'm implementing in my school for the next quarter, for even the next school year, how I'm preparing. I'm trying not to overwhelm you with all of the information, so I know I'm going to have to cut to the chase. Let's get into it. Welcome, teacher, to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. Okay, are you ready? Because I'm so ready. What can you expect from these podcast episodes that are going to come out once a month? This Friday, the last Friday of each month, you can expect for me to tell you what went well, what wins that we had, what challenges we had in our micro school, any changes or goals that I have for the upcoming month, what I'm going to do differently. I'm going to reflect on the pillars of our school, the growth of me, our students, the routines, the systems, the curriculum. I'm going to share some highlights, planning, field trips, volunteers. I'll share some financial ins and outs, relationships, sometimes even emotions, well-being, our environment. Those are the types of topics I'm going to hit on each month. Now, this is our second year of running a full-time micro school where the children arrive between 8.30 and 9, and we dismiss all parents pick students up by 3.30. If you're new to the show, I am the lead teacher. I am the owner of Lighthouse Learning Micro School. I run this out of my home in Central Florida, and I have an amazing assistant who came with me the second year that I started doing this from public school. She was an assistant while I was an instructional coach at public school. And I also have two really great volunteers that I will touch on more throughout this episode. So what went well in the month of January for 2022? Well, what went really well was that at the very beginning of the month, we had three new students. We have a new four-year-old student, We have a new first grade student and a new fourth grade student. Yes, we are multi-age. I had already had first grade and second grade students. I already had fourth grade students. I have a sixth grade student and a four-year-old. There is a lot of individualization that takes place. When I talk about each of these little factors, you're probably sitting there going, wait a minute, how do you do that? How do you have centers and stations and you're teaching multi-age and how does this work and what curriculum do you use? Trust me, we will get into this as much as we can in future episodes, but this is not what this particular podcast episode is about. But I will tell you that yes, when we got new students, I did have to order some additional curriculum. The parents were very patient in doing so, 
but I did not order it right off the bat. I waited about two weeks after I got to know our two new students because I do have a curriculum. I use Good and Beautiful. I also use BJU Press. In addition, we do a lot of hands-on learning and project-based learning. So I have a lot of curriculum, but of course I needed to make sure that I had the components that were necessary for these new children that were arriving. So with that being said, I waited for a couple weeks into school to assess the students, see where they were, see how they adapted to the curriculum that my students were already using. And then we went forward with ordering, purchasing the curriculum. It came very, very quickly and the parents pay for the curriculum separate from tuition at the micro school. So that also increased our financial area here at Lighthouse Learning. We went from having eight students to 11 students. Now, each child's tuition is roughly around 9,500. As I had spoken about in previous episodes, your micro school, if you have a full-time micro school, you can typically see majority of micro schools are around $10,000 on average. I have spoken to some teachers who are saying that private school is a little bit less. A lot of private schools are a lot more, but I also talk to teachers about their value. Here in the state of Florida, the fluctuation between prices of private school are lower and higher than what we charge, but it's the value that the children get. They are in a cozy environment. We have two teachers per 11 students, two teachers, plus volunteers that come in. The amount of individualization, the amount of attention that their child gets, the safety is worth it to these parents. I can't express this enough. I used to get in the trap of comparing myself to private school tuition, and it really just brought me down. It put me through a spiral. It made me feel as if I needed to function like them. It made me feel as if my worth needed to be equal to theirs. And here's the deal. We're nothing like it. We're really not. We're our own separate entity, the most beautiful entity in my personal opinion, because we don't have the red tape. We don't have the criteria. We get to function the way that we know is best for children to learn, which comes through play-based learning, which comes also through individualization and hands-on learning. Now, I do have a four-year-old, and I that is the youngest student that I have at school. All other students have come in at kindergarten, but this child is actually turning five in February, and this child is a sibling of another student here at Lighthouse Learning. So that was a very great transition for their family. The four-year-old actually only comes four days out of the week. And in the month of February, I talk about several different business plans that you can adapt your idea to. But one of the models is to actually offer full-time and part-time attendance for your students. I also have, starting this month, a student who is coming part-time. Well, I can't even say part-time. The student will be here two weeks out of the month and away in another city for another two weeks. So I take the material that the child would have completed with us as much as I can, because of course I'm not going to be able to send everything that we do. I take the core, the reading, the reading, the writing, the math, the science. But then out of the two weeks that the child is gone from our school, I FaceTime the child at lunchtime four times. So the first week that this child is gone, I'm FaceTiming him two times at lunch for an hour. The next week, another two times for an hour during lunchtime. It's a great time for us to catch up 
and I tutor the child for one hour while the rest of the students are at lunch and my assistant is overseeing them. I hope this gives you a better insight of how you can service families in different ways. Looking at some wins, our new students have adapted very well. Our students here at Lighthouse Learning, I was so proud of them. They were so precious, loving, kind to the new friends who came, opened their arms to our new students, made them feel welcome. And I felt as if we really didn't skip a beat in our daily routine. And speaking of that, I would say that that's a win. When you have 11 students in your house, even growing by just one, two students, three students, causes you to have to think a little bit differently. For an example, at the end of the day, we do our house care and 11 students trying to clean the house at the same time, it's, it's overwhelming. So I thought, here's what we'll do. At the end of the day, we'll send the red group, which is half of the students, onto the back porch. They will have their snack while the blue students will start their house care. And those students are the ones who do the vacuuming, cleaning the bathroom, wiping the counters, wiping the tables, helping the teacher, specific chores such as those that are our base foundation of cleaning the home. Then once they are finished, they then go out to the back porch and the other group of students, the red group of students comes in and they tidy up the rest, which is collecting all of the trash, watering the plants, mopping, dusting, windexing, whatever I might need in addition to the chores that were at the beginning. Some of my students know that they are allowed to fill up the diffusers. We always have diffusers going on at our home. And I think that it's just a very cleanly way to keep our environment safe and also is very great for our students who need them. I mean, there are times where we all know that we could use a little bit of lavender. There are times where we know that we could use a little bit of peppermint to get ourselves energized. And so being able to run those diffusers in the home, lemon, wild orange, peppermint, it just makes it feel so cozy and welcoming for our students. I also, I'm telling you, this is like a game changer for me. We have whiteboards, of course, and I found that the wet erasers, you can write up on the whiteboard and wet eraser, and of course they don't come off unless you use something wet. So I wrote all of the chores or the house care positions in wet erase marker so that all we have to do is take the eraser and erase the names that are written in dry erase so that those names can stay or those positions can stay up there. And this just alleviates time trying to laminate, cut, because our students came so quickly. The day before school started, we had two new students enroll. So I didn't have enough time to get all cute and die cut things and cut it out and laminate it, which I really don't do that very much anymore, to be honest with you, because it's just not necessary. I've simplified that area of my teacher life, but being able to write things on the board that are important that you don't want to get erased, write them in wet erase markers and then use dry erase for the items that you want to have erased. I even started writing. This was a game changer too this month. I started writing what we were going to have for snack every day. You would have thought I wrote a million dollar opportunity for these children. They are so excited. They come in and they get to see what they have for snack. The students bring a snack for the morning time. They keep it in their lunchbox. But then in the afternoon, we provide a snack here at Lighthouse Learning. And we do things like goldfish, pretzels, the usual 
a lot of times we have popcorn and one of their favorites is to-go bags. And the to-go bags are typically on Fridays and they're a little mystery. And I like to put cereal in them or graham crackers, something a little bit different that they don't usually get or a little variety, a little salty, a little sweet combined. And it makes for a really exciting moment when it's time for snack. I'm telling you, it's just the little things. We don't always have to talk about these big mountain issues here at Teacher Let Your Light Shine. We don't have to always talk about the financial and the business side. We don't always have to talk about how to transition out of our teaching career or how to get more families. Let's talk about real life. What happens once you get your students? What kind of life can you possibly have whenever this opportunity comes your way? One of my favorite things to do with teachers as I'm coaching them is helping them create their pillars of learning. And I wanted to share with you my pillars of learning here at Lighthouse Learning, and it is exposure, balanced approach to learning, an enhanced learning environment, faith-based virtues, and educating the whole child. So let me get into that for just a moment. When I talk about exposure, I'm talking about not just learning a subject, but also giving the children the experiences and the encounters. So for an example, this month we learned about manatees here in the state of Florida. It was an entire week of hands-on discovery, videos, researching, projects, art. And then at the end of the week, we went and actually had an encounter with the manatees, went to Blue Springs State Park, went on a nature walk. There were 431 manatees. We adopted a manatee. Every student brought in a dollar. We got to choose the manatee that we wanted to adopt from Blue Springs. We adopted a really sweet gator who's about 50 years old named, I said gator. He's actually a manatee named gator, but he's 50 years old and he has survived numerous boating encounters. And it was just really special for the children to be able to drive to Blue Springs. It's about 30 minutes away. We had never gone on a field trip to this state park. We do have a state park pass, my family and I. And then we took pictures, the children brought binoculars, they brought cameras, and we had lunch there. I had my volunteer, retired teacher join us, and I also had two parents come along as well. So we had a full load, we had a wonderful time at Blue Springs State Park, but most importantly, we had a wonderful time learning about manatees and just encompassing so much real world learning through this experience. And when I say balanced approach to learning, yes, there's a lot of project-based learning. There's a lot of exploring out in nature. There's a lot of mindset and building these children up, cooperation, collaboration, multi-age learning, partners. But there's also a balanced approach when it comes to really individualizing the learning for the child. And I just want to say, having this micro school was the first time that I had taught multi-age students and individualizing for the plethora of needs that our students have. Now, all of these students are mainstream students. They are some very, very gifted, all of them functioning at grade level or even beyond. Some of them, however, like all of us, we need our special support. Every single one of these children needs support in some area, at least some part of the day or the week. Even if they are super strong in math, of course they need a coach to come alongside them and to guide them. And so for that, I want to make sure that I really reiterate how important it is when you have multi-age, of course, you're going to have to teach to the different levels, 
And sometimes it can feel like a lot of moving parts, to be honest with you. But the good news is, is that thank our Heavenly Father, I have a really neat binder system that I use. Every child has their own binder with all of their folders in the inside. And every week at the end of the week, I start placing all of their items for the following week inside their folders in their binder. When students are not working alongside me or with my assistant, they are either doing some type of learning with a partner that's on their level. They're doing some type of project or activity independently if they are not using some type of an enhancement program on the computer. I do not use online learning at our school, but of course we have apps. I use Reading Eggs and Math Seeds, which is an online program. It's just an enhancement that I use in addition to our regular curriculum for our younger students. And then of course for the older students, I have a math curriculum but I still have the students participate in Khan Academy and they love doing Fun for the Brain, Adventure Academy, things of that nature. But those are what the students are participating in when my assistant and I are not working one-on-one or with a super small group of students, maybe two or three. I literally love shared writing and I love reading with the students. So I try to do that as much as possible with each of the grades every day, if not every other day. They do have some type of shared writing. They're always writing in their journals, always getting conferenced. And we are utilizing our afternoons for more project-based art, PE, nature activities of that sort. Researching, reading books, finishing up any work that we didn't get finished from the day before. That structure of our day is starting to be a little bit more loose now that we've gone through half the school year. And I found that to be the same our first year as well. We really hit it strong with the structure and routine until around November. And then of course, you know, the holidays roll around, but I definitely feel as if we are able to kind of pull back a little bit right now because we've got a really good foundation with the children and they're starting to just soar on their own. I also have at the front of their binders, a very great visual workflow for each of them so that they know if they are not with a teacher or they're not in a small group setting, getting direct instruction, They know what choices they have to continue working on their goals. Now, I mentioned faith-based virtues as a part of a pillar at Lighthouse Learning. And we have the good and the beautiful, which is an amazing curriculum to weave in spiritual truth and wisdom. And I also use BJU Press, which has really great stories and citizenship, godly character traits, and interactive activities. I recommend that you do have a curriculum, even if you are project-based or Montessori, however you choose to decide the way that you will structure your school, I do believe that having a core curriculum is so helpful to fall back on so that you're not constantly reinventing the wheel. Really, really consider this. I'm not saying that you need to follow it from front of the book to the back of the book. I'm not saying that you shouldn't bring in your own resources. I'm saying that if you have a core curriculum as your foundation or a base, always have something to fall back on. A very great guide, a very great structure. However, it's not the end-all be-all and I utilize a lot of resources from my years past as a teacher, projects, books that I've read. I have a new book called Project-Based Learning. It's an excellent book. Go into our Facebook group so you can see what it's all about. But I do feel as if I'm still able to hit that pillar that I had mentioned about having a faith-based virtue curriculum 
they are woven in to the Good and the Beautiful and BJU Press. However, I would like to have more of a Bible study with our students. I did that last year and I haven't gotten there this year, to be honest with you. Yes, we do sit together every morning and have our morning meeting, but I would rather have more of a Bible study with the students. So I do believe that that will be a new change that I will make in February, that we will go back to doing that. Every student will not have a Bible in their hand. However, we have enough to go around to share with partners. And I believe that that's something that I should have been doing at the beginning of the school year, even though Yes, we talk about our Heavenly Father. I thought we were going to hit it all that I wanted to throughout our curriculum, but I think that that devoted time in the Word is important in in our micro school. Okay, an enhanced learning environment and being focused on the child, I feel as if I was really able to hone in on those pillars this month because we have a new volunteer. I have two retired teachers. I have one that comes in half a day on Thursday. My assistant's not here during that time. She comes in half a day after the volunteer leaves. And I also have a new volunteer who's a retired teacher and she brings her own materials as well. She comes on Wednesdays and sometimes she comes on Fridays and sometimes she comes on both days. And that's something new. I used to have Fridays all by myself with the students and I found that after we started growing, I really could use another buddy here. Just someone to shoot some ideas around with. And so our new volunteer, she comes on Friday mornings and she brings an activity for the students after teaching them about the manatees and different license plates all around the world and adopting a manatee. She is continuing on with teaching about the water cycle and then moving into the life cycle. So getting a retired teacher is super fun. All right, the last thing that I wanna hit on before we move into how this has impacted me personally is the planning. I have materials pulled and ready for the upcoming month. And I do that throughout the first two weeks of January. So I'll do that the first two weeks of February. So I just, every so often, maybe an hour out of the week, throughout the day, I'll start pulling materials for the next month. And I put them in Ziploc bags labeled for the days of the month coming up. And I think that laying it out really helps me to see where we're going, how much work I'm giving the students, how I can incorporate more projects into what we're learning about. And I do that the first two weeks so that the last two weeks of the month, I can really reflect on what we're going to be doing with our curriculum. So I found that for next month, as we're learning about electricity, I was like, you know, I really want this to be way more hands-on. So I decided to get all of these different little electricity kits. I also thought I'm going to pull in magnetism, which is not a part of the curriculum. So I ordered some magnets for the students and I found that it just really gets us all inspired to learn about what's coming up next. And I spend the last week of the month planning our newsletter for the upcoming month and planning our calendar for the upcoming month. And I like to do that and get that finished by Tuesday so that I can hand out the calendar and the newsletter this Friday, today, so that it's ready to go for the families for February. The families really appreciate it. And it doesn't take me long because I've already done the prep work for the whole entire month throughout the current month that we are in. I love planning. I have planning time. My assistant takes the students to the park for me. And besides that, in the afternoon, they're a little bit more of a independent learner as they're going through projects and collaborating. So the assistant and I have more time to prepare our lessons for the next month. 
And hello, I don't know if you remember this, but as a teacher, I was so lucky to get my lesson plans ready for the following week. But now I have them done a month at a time, sometimes two months at a time. And I can just really spend that rest of the month reflecting on how I want to engage the students and make the lessons come alive. All right, so personally, I started something new this month. I started exercising in the morning, and I'm so grateful. I decided to take a little bit of a slower approach in the mornings. I used to try to get myself up, ready, dressed, out of the shower, everything by seven o'clock, and now I'm like, I don't really have to do that anymore. I don't feel as if I should sacrifice that time in the morning of me getting ready and praying and meditating and journaling. I was exercising at the end of the day and it was keeping me awake later. So I started running in the morning. I just, in the dark, even when it's cold, I get up with my dog and I go for a 20 minute run and I take a shower and it just helps me to relax and go smooth into the day. I wake up my daughters. I give them their breakfast. I spend a little bit of time with them before my first student arrives. She is an early arrival, which is not something that I do for the rest of my students, but it is a teacher friend. So I let her daughter come earlier because the mother wouldn't otherwise not be able to send her daughter here. So she arrives early and she actually helps at our school. Everybody else arrives 8.30, almost nine o'clock and it's very relaxed. And so I'm thinking, why was I trying to get myself up and ready and ready to go to work at seven o'clock when no one's getting here till 8.45, nine o'clock? That's silly. So I've taken more of an approach of just throwing in some laundry, taking more of a slower approach to being with my daughters and just enjoying the mornings better and not feeling like I'm rushing out the door, not feeling as if I am prepared to teach by 7.45 in the morning. When the kids arrive at nine o'clock, we all have a community meeting. We go outside for a morning walk and then we come back and we get going. It is so important that these kids get to exercise first thing in the morning. It takes us all the way up to noon. It's incredible. Financially, I like to use my Fridays in the mornings to go over the finances of the business. I pay my assistant. I also pay the person who helps me with Teacher Let Your Light Shine. I pay her as well on Friday morning. I finish up any loose ends that I need for our finances on Friday so that my husband and I can meet together on Sunday because he has his own business as well. And we like to go over that information and plan accordingly. So I want to make sure that on Sunday, I'm not spending a lot of time going over our bank account and all this other rigmarole. I try to get everything in order by Friday before all of the students come. And it just helps me to get a really great mindset before the weekend comes. In addition, on Thursday afternoons, I already have my email that goes out to parents on Friday. And I have it scheduled to go out at four o'clock on Friday afternoons. Unless I have a field trip or something special I need to tell them on Friday, I can always edit it. But I schedule it on Thursdays because I want Fridays to be relaxing. I want Fridays to be a joyful day with me and the students. We don't spend our Fridays doing tests. We don't spend our Fridays doing finishing up all of this work. We typically spend our Fridays for enrichment and some really great collaboration activities or field trips, lots of reading and writing. And so I really want Fridays to be a day where I'm invested with the students. We also spend a little bit of a longer time cleaning the school on Friday so that we've cleaned up and made sure that we've sanitized so that we can get a nice fresh start come Monday. I also organize on Friday. 
for the upcoming week while the students are doing some of their makerspace activities. I know this is a lot of information. I told you I'm coming on strong, but I want you to get little pieces of golden nuggets through this episode. Now, last but not least, Teacher Let Your Light Shine. So, so, so excited to announce that we have more teachers who are building their micro school. I'm so grateful to be able to coach teachers all around the United States. I would love to even get into other countries, being able to speak with many teachers, many parents, not just teachers, but many parents who are wanting to start their micro school. So we've had a lot of clarity breakthrough sessions, a lot of discussions, a lot of possibilities, a lot of hope and encouragement going through the ears and the prayers of many teachers around this country. And I would love to even speak with other teachers and other countries so that we can help build your micro school there as well. I have a lot of teachers sending me emails, but I will say that I'm missing one thing and that is I'm missing a lot of teachers joining our Facebook group and a lot of parents joining our Facebook group. So if you've not joined, please do so. You get access to all of our freebies. You can also go to our Teacher Let Your Light Shine website. You can get our freebies, but I will say So whatever freebie you want from the website, you do have to click and give your name and your email address. It doesn't spam you, but for every freebie you want, it will come straight to your inbox that way without all of these email chains. It's nothing like that. However, if you're in the Facebook group as well, you get early access. So when you're in the Facebook group, you can just click it and the freebie pops up immediately. So head on over to our Facebook group. It is detailed in the show notes below. I hope that this has inspired you. I hope that you will take the initiative to join our Facebook group, join our email list, go check out the website, www.teachersletyourlightshine and reach out to me if you're interested in building your micro school or homeschooling business, because I would love to help you on your journey. Until next time, get excited for February because I will be sharing tons of Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the virtual teacher's lounge known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.